Easter morning, sunrise. We're going to have a 6.30 community service at uh, Pine Summit like we always do. And Robert Parley is going to be leading up the worship with some different people from churches throughout the valley. And then we'll be there at 6.30. Then we'll be over here at 9.30 for our Easter celebration. It's just going to be a time to celebrate what God has done. So let me set us up for John chapter 15. This is the, the night that Jesus is betrayed, but let's back up a little bit. The triumphal entry has already happened at this point. But even before that, if we remember, Jesus has his feet washed and anointed, you know, with the, the costly perfume. And that was Jesus, the anointing of the king who was to come. And he came in in the triumphal procession on that, on that uh, Palm Sunday is what we call it. And we'll talk about that in a few weeks. But before that, he was being anointed. And when a king would come in to be the new king, they would anoint him. But they would pour oil on his head, not on his feet. And so Jesus, he comes in and he gets his feet anointed. And it's the anointing for kingdom, but that he was coming to say, I have come to serve. I have come to serve. And he came to bring us life. And so he, he receives his anointing. He comes into the triumphal procession, comes in on that Palm Sunday. And we've just gone through in chapter um, 13, 14, the, the Last Supper, where he's with his disciples, where he then washes their feet. And we talked about that, and that was one of the messages. And all, these, all the messages on John, they're all online. You can go listen to them if you'd like. Um, and where we learned about the, the servanthood of Jesus, what he was doing for us there. So he's now, the, the supper is passed. John chapter 14 was uh, the beginning of a conversation where he's talking to the disciples and he's really helping them to understand, I'm leaving, I'm out of here. What you've been wanting, what you've been thinking, do you get it yet? It's not going to happen. I did not come to be the king of this earth. I came to be a spiritual king in a spiritual kingdom. I have, I have come to be your king, but not to take over in the way that you wanted. And in chapter 14, he starts talking about, I'm going away, and where I'm going, you know the way. And they go, how do we know the way? And all these, all these things, chapter 14. And so he's, he's getting it once more. At the very end of John chapter 14, he says, let us arise and go from here. So, so this is the scene. It's dark. It's, it's at nighttime. Judas has already dipped the bread in. He's, gonna, he's left. He's going to go betray him. And, and this next few minutes before the Garden of Gethsemane prayer, which is a powerful time, and I, I encourage you all to read this story over the next four weeks. Read the, the, the account of the final days of Jesus. Um, on Good Friday night uh, here at the church, we're, we're going to play the movie The Son of God. Uh, on, in fact, on Good Friday Day, we're going to be doing the crosswalk like we do every year. And then in the evening, we're just going to play the, the Son of God movie in the sanctuary. We're going to do that at uh, 6.30. And if you want to come to just to, to see the whole, the whole presentation of the life of Jesus, we're going to do that on Good Friday also. And so, so get familiar with this time. So Jesus is leaving the house with his disciples. Judas is already gone. He's, he's broken the bread. He says, this is my body. This is my blood. And he begins this conversation with the disciples. And this is his last conversation with the disciples. So we need to lean in this morning and say, Jesus, what was so important that you waited until now to tell the disciples? You know, when somebody's dying, those last things they say you want to listen to very carefully. So let's lean into Jesus this, this morning as he's about to say something profound, and it's not what the disciples were expecting, I don't think. 
in John chapter 15. Fathers, we get into the Word this morning. We pray that your anointing would be upon it. God, that you would encourage and challenge us. Father, help us to have a true and right understanding of you through this Word in Jesus' name. Amen. Starting in verse 1, John chapter 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they're burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. And the next part it talks about the love of God and loving one another, but we're going to stop right there for a minute. And let's go back. They're leaving the, the, the side of the Last Supper, and they've got a little walk to go through. You know, they're going along the Kidron Valley, and they're going to go up to the Garden of Gethsemane. But on the way, in Israel, grapes are, that's one of the things, they have olives, they have grapes, and there's a lot of grapes. Does anyone happen to grow up in Central California in grape country, Napa, any of those? You got, so, so you might be familiar with this. I mean, I, we've been up there a few times, Shannon, we went to Windsor on one of our anniversaries and, and saw this. I mean, just the, the, the fields and fields of grapes, and I've learned a little bit about them through reading some things. Um, in preparation for this and in the past. So they walk out, and Jesus, whenever you see Jesus talking to his disciples and giving an example, I believe the reason he used that example is because he could see something like that. When Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me, you know he hadn't gone to the cross yet? Why did he use that? They, they didn't know he was going to die on a cross. So why did he say that then? Probably because they crucified people regularly. And they were probably walking right by where a criminal was being led up to be crucified. And he said, you're going to have to take up your cross and follow me. Wow. When he, he said, look and see, the, the fields are white with harvest. There was probably a field there. And they were growing, but maybe also at the same time, there was a group of people coming in. And he said, see the harvest? That's the harvest. And they're white. They're ready to be harvested. And so Jesus is walking right by the, the um, grape vines. And I believe he probably stopped and he began to look and talk about them. Now, whether they're fishermen or not, when you have a, have a community with just a few resources, you kind of know about the other things too. You know, I never worked at Snow Summit, but I know how, how it kind of goes up there and how they make snow and how they do their lessons and things like that, right? And so they're familiar with the grapevines and, and how they grow, and they've, they've watched them. They've walked by the, those that would tend the, the grapevines. And so Jesus begins to say, listen, I am the vine. My Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may, may bear more fruit. Jesus is the true vine. He's where us as branches get all of our strength. All of our life comes from Him. But have you ever seen a bottle of wine or, or seen a commercial for wine when they talk about winning prizes for the wine? They don't honor the vine. 
It's not the vine that gets the honor. Who is it? It's the, it's the owner. It's the vine dresser. It's the one who keeps care of the vine and the branches and the grapes that gets all the glory when there's a good bottle of wine. Who's the vine dresser? The Lord. See, Jesus, even in himself, he's, he's bringing, showing us that he's bringing glory to the Father. And that's our job as branches. In fact, the branches are the least important thing. And it's like, you know, what, what, there's a branch. You know, branches aren't pretty. They don't do anything. But the, 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 the grapes are wonderful. And that's the fruit of a Christian's life. Our life is not about bringing any glory to us, but about bringing glory to God. And how do we do that? By producing fruit. The vine, the branches stay connected to the vine, and the branches can bear fruit if they're tended well. If they stay in the vine, and we're going to talk about some of these things, and they begin to bear fruit. And so Jesus is talking about this whole wonderful setup. Now, in this process, he talks about four different stages of, of fruit bearing. There's no fruit. talks about if there's no fruit. He says, we're going to get rid of that. He says, if there's, a, there's fruit, there's more fruit, and there's much fruit. There's four stages of fruit bearing right out here in John chapter 15. He says, so I'm the vine, my father's the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Now I want to talk about this word takes away. The, the Greek word for that could be, I mean, it's possible, but it's, it's not likely that it means take away. What it means is to more often translated would be to like lift up, to lift up. Now, so you go, okay, so wait, what does that mean? When you're walking, when, when you have vines, when you have grapevines, the branches grow all over, and they can grow pretty long, and they grow along a trellis. But sometimes the branches fall off, and they get dirty. And a dirty branch, a branch that's in the dust, and then it rains, it gets muddy, cannot bear fruit. It's suffocating in the dust and the dirt. And so a, a, a branch that's in the dirt will never bear fruit. So what did he say? He says, he'll take it away. This, I believe, is a better translation. He'll pick it up. And what does, a, what does a vine dresser do? He picks it up. He washes the leaves. He washes it. He cleans it. He gets it ready. And then he ties it higher. And he, he would put it in a place that it can receive sun and water so that it can receive light and rain and nutrients and start bearing fruit. He doesn't take it away. He picks it up and he cares for it. Every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, he's going to do that to. Church, that's us. That's been you. That's been me. Where we, ha we were in the dirt. We were muddy. We were dirty. And we were not bearing any fruit. But, but this isn't talking about people who are unsaved. See, this is every branch in me. These are branches that are in Christ. They've come to know Jesus as their Savior. That's Christians. But there's been a time in your life that you were in the dirt. You got saved and there was sin and you weren't bearing any fruit. And maybe that's you today. What, what the vine dresser wants to do today is he wants to come and he wants to cleanse you. And he wants to lift you up. And he wants to care for you. And he wants to attach you to a higher place on the vine and on the trellis so that you'll begin to get water and get cleansed. As we go on, it says, every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. So, so the first branch is a Christian that's, that's just, just not bearing any fruit. And, and I almost did this today, and, and I, I want you to do this for you. 
Think about your life just for the next 15 seconds right now. And if you want, you can even make a note. Do you feel like you are bearing no fruit? Do you feel like you're bearing fruit? Do you feel like you're bearing more fruit? Do you feel like you're bearing much fruit? And I, I don't, maybe I shouldn't use the word feel because I, some of you, some of us, we have low self-esteem and we don't ever feel good about ourselves. But really try to take a realistic thing. Where am I? Am I bearing no fruit? Am I bearing some fruit? Am I bearing more fruit? Am I bearing much fruit? Find yourself this morning as, as we're in this passage because the Lord wants to minister to us. And He wants to tell us. And if, if you're that person that says, you know, I really don't feel like I've, I'm bearing any fruit in my life at all. And you may need to go and ask other people who would, who would be honest and encouraging, but maybe it's because you've got so much dirt in your life that you really need to let the Lord pick you up and wash you of that and, and let His water, let his life, let his son come and begin to give you life. A next one is the one that's bearing fruit. It's every branch in me that, that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. And we don't have grapes up here, but we ha have apples, and apples are the same as grapes in this fashion. How many of you have apple trees on your yard? I know there's a number of you do. If you don't chop, cut the, the, the branches down on the apple tree, they'll grow really tall. Who's let their apple trees grow too tall? We used to have one of those. When they start getting tall, they stop bearing apples. I mean, they look really good. They're really big, bushy trees. And you go, wow, that's a beautiful tree with hardly any fruit. In order to get fruit from an apple tree, in order to get fruit from a grapevine, it has to be pruned. And, and the vine dresser knows what needs to be cut away, the leaves that need to be cut, the branches, the twigs, parts of it that says, you know, I'm going to lop it off right here. And, and when you do that, if you cut it at the right spot, it might blossom and cause more branches and more fruit to come. Because, see, there's only so much energy that a plant can expend, and it either expends it growing and looking really good or bearing fruit. And the same with us. You know, we can spend all our time trying to look really good, or we can spend our time letting God bear fruit through us. And, and that means we're going to have to go through a process that's hard. It's, it's pruning. And so the first one is, is really kind of discipline. We're off doing our own thing. And, and like, like we do, we've done with our kids, and we, we got it from Pastor Jeff. If I go like this to my son Matthew, well, he's bigger than me now. But it used to scare him. Because I wouldn't have to, we'd be in a, in a at church or somewhere, and they'd be messing around, and I'd look at them and go like this. And Matthew, what does this mean? Me, yeah, straighten out. And if you don't straighten out on your own, I'm going to apply pressure to make you straighten up. And so, I, you know, it's kind of the raised eyebrow thing. You know, mom's, a dad clearing his throat. <clears throat> With me, I could look across the room if they were messing around. As soon as I got their eye, I'd, and they'd go, so we might be a branch and we're off doing our own thing and we need to get taken out of the stuff that we're doing and saying, no, you're going to grow here. Does that sound familiar in your life? Where the Lord says, no, I'm going to discipline you and bring you here. Now this one's a little bit, this, this is pruning. Pruning is you're, you're doing okay. You're a branch. You've got some leaves. You might have a, you've got some fruit, but I'm going to, do some things in your life so that you bear more fruit. You know, fruit's good, but don't you want more fruit in your life? 
And so we have to submit to that process because in this chapter, I believe it's nine different times, it says abide in the vine. We have to abide and be, make ourselves ready and willing to receive the pruning. And the pruning is not discipline. Listen, pruning is not I'm living in sin often. That's, that's discipline. Pruning is you've got some things in your life that aren't necessarily wrong, but if you want to bear more fruit, I'm going to cut those away. Yeah. He doesn't, there are things in your life that are fine, that are acceptable, that are okay, and maybe, maybe even could be considered good. And God says, no, I'm going to prune these. I'm going to take these away so that you'll bear more fruit. But we have to allow to go through that process. We have to submit to this process what God wants to do in our lives. He wants us to bear more fruit. We have to be in the vine, but we have to be willing to go through that. That's the difference between the the, the vine and us. Vine doesn't have a lot of choices, but we do. Are we going to allow ourselves to be pruned by the Lord for Him to come in and bring that, that correction say, listen, I, I see what you're doing, and if, if you'll give that to me, you'll bear more fruit for me. And, and I think we need to even ask, well, what is the fruit? What is fruit? Often, I think our minds go to, it's probably souls being saved, and I, that's part of it. I, I, don't, I don't think that that's what he's talking about. I think it's fruit of character. I believe it's the fruit of the Spirit. I believe it's our children. It's, it's, it's more than just souls saved. I think it's a culmination of a lot of things in our life stemming from our, our character that's going to cause so many, cause people to be saved and our children. He's going to bear fruit. as a, We're going to bear fruit as a Christian. But we have to be willing to say, I want more fruit and not just be satisfied with some fruit. And that's hard. Because, you know, I've, I've got some. Isn't that good? But the Lord says, if, if you'll let me prune you, I'll, you can bear more fruit. So he comes in and he, he snips away and he, he says, you know that TV show you're watching? Or just the amount of time you're spending on Facebook? Or you know how you always go to that one place? And, you know, I'm, I'm just going to ask you to give it to me. You know, sometimes even pruning might be the way we hold on to something. You know that career that you're working really hard? I'm not asking you to stop doing it, but I'm asking you to give it up to me. Just, just release it to me to say that whatever I ask of you, you'll do it with it. Our own children, are they our children or will we give them to the Lord and say, God, they're yours? So well, we're going to walk in fear, we're going to walk in faith. These are challenging. They're challenging to me to allow God these spaces in my life. But if we'll begin to do, go through the process of saying, okay, Lord, here it is. He prunes it and he cuts things and it will begin to bear fruit. So he's picked us up off the ground and he's cleansed us. And he's now pruning. Now he comes in verse 3 and says, you're already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. And so here, here, you know, he's talking about being taken away and pruning and he says, listen, your original cleansing, it's happened. You're saved. You're in me. But there's more that I want to do. Verse 4. This is where the big one comes in. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears how much fruit? Much. We've, we've gone through the process now of no fruit, of some fruit, 
that God wants to turn into more fruit. And now he says, but here's the key. Here's this secret. There is much fruit available. And where does that come from? From him. It doesn't come from us. We are so into doing more so that we can look good and bear fruit, and I'm going to try really hard. And he says, much fruit doesn't come from you. It comes from me, and all you have to do is abide in me, and you will bear much fruit. So wherever you're at now, it's a, it might be the process of the first thing you need to do is get cleaned up and allow the Lord to take you out of the dirt that you're living for and attach you to the trellis and to begin to bring life to you. And I, I don't know if you've ever watched plants grow, but when you have a sickly plant, a sickly branch on it, the other ones might be flourishing. But when you fix this one, it takes a little bit of time for this one to catch up to the others. It's not going to bear fruit right away. In fact, it might not bear fruit until next season. So you have to go through a time saying, listen, I was disciplined by the Lord, or I was pruned by the Lord. I'm not going to see any fruit for a while, but I'm going to stay in the Lord. I'm going to stay connected to the vine until the fruit starts happening. And that's where we go, we go wrong sometimes. We go, you know, nothing's happening for me here. I'm going to go try to bear fruit somewhere else. I want fruit. I want something in my life. He says, listen, if you want to bear much fruit in your life, abide in me. Just abide. Stay. Remain. Exist in me. What does that mean? How do we do that? It's not something we do, or at least it's not something only that we do. And this is this, this, this dangerous place that we go. Because I believe abiding in the Lord has some things that we're supposed to do in order to abide in Him. And I believe that part of that is our prayer life and our, our reading of the Bible. But those things alone aren't abiding. That's not abiding. Those things alone are doing our devotions. But abiding is, is taking time to listen to him. Hear his heartbeat. It's throughout the day being ready and open to hear his voice when he talks to us and say, I'll do it, Lord. God, what would you have me do in this moment? I don't want to do anything outside of you. I don't want to have my devotions and then run off and do my own thing. I want to be in you today. I want to abide. I want to know you. You know me, but I want to hear your heart. Bruce Wilkerson, who, who uh, was, did walk through the Bible and, and Prayer of Jabez and, and The Secrets of the Vine, um, which is a great book, and a lot of this is in The Secrets of the Vine. He, um, he talks about the difference of having devotions and, and, being, and having a devoted time. You know, it's that, that saying, I'm... I'm going to devote this time to you. See, when we think of devotions, I think most of us do think about reading and, and praying. So we'll do our reading and then we'll pray and say, God, you know, help me with this and help me for this. And, but, but he says, you know, it's a different, he brought a different thought and I love it. He says, it's not a devotional time, it's a devoted time. It's a time devoted to him. 
the world say, I'm just going to be with you. I'm going to devote this time to you. And part of that time I'm going to devote to you, I'm just going to sit and listen to you. I'm just going to listen. I'm going to get a journal maybe and, and write down the things that you say because I forget really easy. You know, we, we spend time with God, maybe forget. So I'm going to write down and I'm, going to, I'm not going to just talk to you, but I'm going to sit and listen and, and try to hear your heartbeat. It's a devoted time. It's a time saying, I'm going to set this time above others because you're important. But when we get done with that devoted time, where, where we'll probably read our Bible, where we'll pray, but we'll also listen. When we go into the rest of the day, and, and I said the rest of the day because I think it's important. I really do think it's important to try to do this in the morning. We go into the rest of the day, we don't forget about that. We carry him with us wherever we go. We abide. And so we're going to work, and we're at work, we're at school, wherever we're at, and we're at in Him, and we're listening, and we've, we've got our heart and mind ready to hear His voice. And we just abide. Without me, you can do nothing. And I, and I really believe what that means is we can do nothing of substance. Because we can actually do things outside of Christ. But it's not meaningful. It's not lasting. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they're burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So you notice this little passage, the last part in verse 8, it comes right back to around where we've been talking about. What is God's purpose for us? It's to become a disciple and help other people to become a disciple. Part of this process of being a disciple is to abide in Him. It's not to do things for Him, but it's to be part of Him and know His heartbeat and get all of our nutrition and nutrients in life from Him because He's the vine. And if we do that, the vine dresser is glorified because the fruit in our life won't bring glory to us. It'll bring glory to God. A changed life and a changed heart is going to bring glory to God. And that will show that we're His disciples. You know, verse 6, I'm going to touch on this briefly. This is one of those controversial verses. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him bears much fruit. Verse 6, sorry. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. You know, let's not spend time wondering, oh, does that mean you can lose your salvation? Let's just worry about staying connected to the vine. You know, I, I, years ago, I remember, you know, as people had this conversation, well, you know, yeah, there was John, and he's just living in sin, and, you know, he used to attend church, but he's not anymore, and, and I think he lost his salvation. And the other guy says, you know, I, I know he used to attend church stuff, but, I mean, if you were really saved, he'd never even lived like that, so I don't think he was ever saved. And they're having a fight about John, whether he was saved or lost his salvation. And then the other person came in and says, you know, I don't know if he is not saved, was never saved, is saved, lost his salvation. All I know is John needs help. Let's go help John. 
Let's not get lost in this moment of, oh, wait, am I going to lose my salvation? Get in the vine. Just, just remain in the vine. You might be broken. Here, here's a picture that I got when I was reading this over and over and over again. is a branch that's broken, but it's still connected. You're still connected. You're not getting a whole lot of life. Let the vine dresser take you and reattach you. Put the twine around you and say, you're going to make it, little branch. Don't just, just stay connected. Don't get lost and, oh, am I going to lose my salvation? You know, if, if you're having the conversation with yourself of, wow, man, if I keep living in sin, am I going to lose my salvation? My encouragement is not to worry about whether you're going to lose your salvation, but to stop living the way you're living. <laughs> Let God clean you up and say, you know, I want to wash you and I want to reattach you to the rest of the body, the rest of the vine, the rest of the branches. There's some promises in here that's important. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, we have to know the Lord. We have to know his word. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. One of the, the benefits of abiding in the Lord is that, that we get our prayers answered in a different way. That doesn't mean he's going to give you everything you want. But I believe that you'll begin to want the things that he wants you to have anyways, and so you begin to get the things that you want. Do you follow that? He, he, if we're in the Lord, our desires are going to begin to change, and then when we begin to pray, he's going to say, now your heart beats the same as mine. I want to freely give you what you want now. See, what you wanted before was for your own glory. And remember, the, the, the branches don't get any glory. The vine dresser does. So you wanted things to bring glory to yourself, but now that you've heard my heart, you want the same things I want for you, and that's really easy to give you. Because the things I have for you are better for you than the things you think you want for yourself. So we'll begin to see our, our prayers answered, and we'll begin to know the heartbeat of the Lord. And by this, the Father is glorified that we bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. And I think another way to translate that is, as you're my disciples, part of that is going to be, you're going to be bearing much fruit. That's a, you're going to be growing towards that area of bearing much fruit. You're going to be moving from no fruit to some fruit to more fruit and to much fruit. You're on that path. Remember we talked about what a disciple is? A disciple is being changed by Jesus. Not already changed. I don't think any of us have, are there. Let me look around the room with my glasses on just in case. <laughs> nope. None, none of us are there yet. But we're being changed. We're in the process. Glory to Amen. Abide. And we, we, we need to get this, and, and we are bombarded. And I'm bombarded. Shannon and I have been praying and talking about this a lot. You know, just so much going on. Slow it down and say, Lord, I want to I wanna spend devoted time to you and then carry you throughout the day. You know, when I leave the house, before I leave the house, I'm married. Married to a beautiful woman who loves me. Why she loves me, I have no idea. But she does. And before I leave the house, I'm married to her. When I walk out the door, I'm still married to her. And when I go to work, 
And if I go with the guys and go do something, I'm still married to her. In fact, during the day, if I get a downtime, I call her and say, how are you? How is your day going? Because it's important that we have conversation and we know how things are going. Sometimes I'll call her and say, do you need anything? I'm going to go to town. Do you want anything from the store? Is there anything you need me to know right now? Because we're married. When we wake up in the morning, we're saved and we're part of Christ. And we have our devoted time. We're a disciple of Jesus. When we walk out the door, are we still a disciple? You know, let's just take them with us. Throughout the day, we're going to say, hey, is there anything you want from me? You know, I'm, I'm going to go do this, but if, if there's something I, I can do, you want me to know, here I am. Abide in me. He's the vine. He's where all of our life, our strength comes from. He has a process and a desire that we become more like him. As we become more like him, he changes from the inside and we begin to behave more like him. And then finally, as we're changed by him and we become like him and we behave like him, we become burdened by the same things that he's burdened by. It's that knowing that heartbeat. And it goes right back to the discipleship. We're called by him, we're following him, we're being changed by him, and we're committed to his purpose and his mission. We're going to close and we're going to just have a, we're going to play a song in just a moment. And it's just, we're going to use it as just our, our time of prayer of committing ourselves afresh to him. And at the, at the end of the song, we'll just, we'll just dismiss, I'll dismiss quickly in a, in a prayer, but let's just take, I know it's, I've gone a little bit longer than I normally do. I always try to have this out right around 11. It's 11.11, so you don't, it's, we've still got four minutes before we're really late. And this song is about a four-minute song. And if you have to go, you, you can get up and go. But let's just play the song and, and listen to the words and um, make it a prayer and a time of devotion to Him and commitment to Him. It says, Lord, I want to be picked up and cleansed, attached to the vine. I want to be pruned, even though it's going to hurt, because I want to bear fruit for you. And the only way to bear much fruit is to abide in you. Did we get that song? All right, let's go ahead and play that.
sit at your feet. We want to hear your heartbeat. God, we want it to be that the more we seek we seek you, the more we find you, the more we find you, the more we love you. Help us to know you. Help us to become passionate pursuers of you. Teach us to abide in you because you have the best for us. God, and let the fruit of our lives be your fruit. And let us bear much fruit for the glory of the Father. God, and no matter where someone is this morning, I pray that they would be willing to let you do the next thing in their life. To pick them out of the dirt and to cleanse them, reattach them, to prune them. To just begin to pour your life through us that we might bear fruit know you, be changed by you. Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.